Hi, everyone. This is the Ask Amanda Show, where we have honest conversations about everything related to writing tutoring. I'm your host, Amanda Reed, and today we're going to talk about something that has always been a big topic of interest for me, tutoring multilingual students. For those of you who aren't familiar with the term multilingual, it's an all-encompassing term to describe English as a Second Language, or ESL, students, English language learners, or ELLs, non-native English speakers, Second Language Learners, or L2s, International Students Educated Outside of the U.S., and Generation 1.5 students, who are in between as English users, perhaps because they learned English in the United States, but do not speak it at home. You'll notice that this term is a bit less precise than the alternatives, but I advocate for its use because of its positive connotations. It reminds us that knowing more about languages is a benefit, not a deficit. Now, the biggest debate or discussion that I've seen in Writing Center literature regarding this tutoring of multilingual students is whether or not we should tutor them using the same non-directive, facilitative, and minimalist strategies as native English-speaking students, or if we should pursue a more directive approach. This debate is where I'd like to focus our discussion for today. I'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and concerns about the tutoring of multilingual students and the non-directive and directive approaches to writing tutoring. Do you find yourself utilizing more directive strategies for multilingual students? And do you feel guilty about it? Are you curious about how we, quote unquote, should be tutoring multilingual students? Do you have questions about the directive and non-directive approaches? Now is the time to call into my phone number at 302-123-4567. That's 302-123-4567. State your name, how long you've been a tutor or tutor in training, and any questions you have. Our first caller is Katie from Columbus, Ohio. Hi, Katie. How can I help you today? Hi, Amanda. I'm in my first couple weeks of my tutor training class, and my professor keeps talking about the importance of non-directive facilitative tutoring. I'm a little confused about this concept, but I can tell it's really important. Can you explain to me exactly what non-directive tutoring is? Hi, Katie. Great question. So non-directive tutoring has a few basic components. Um, Tutors should focus on a text holistically rather than on sentence-level issues should ask leading questions, avoid dominating the conversation, and encourage students to make changes to their own text rather than providing revision directives like, you should do this. Um, This cool guy named Jeff Brooks made a model for non-directive tutoring in the 1990s that is still passed on to tutors to this day, and he named this model the minimalist model. In the minimalist model, as you would expect, tutors do as little as possible while the writers ideally do, quote unquote, all the work. Okay, gotcha. What does this look like practically? So according to Brooks's model, you should sit beside the student, not across a desk, try to get the student to be physically closer to the paper than you are, and avoid writing on the student's paper. In practice, you most often see the non-directive approach through the, the tutors asking leading questions. Instead of telling a 2T, this is unclear, a tutor might use a leading question, what do you mean by this? In the same way, rather than saying, you don't have a thesis, a tutor might say, can you show me your thesis? Um, You might also see tutors focusing on higher order concerns like organization or thesis development rather than sentence level concerns like grammar. 
That makes sense. What's the purpose of doing all this anyway? It seems like it's a lot harder for us as tutors to not just tell the tutee what they need to do. So all of this is to provide students with more ownership and autonomy over their texts. Um, the idea is that these strategies liberate writers from the emotional obstacles such as fear and criticism um, and fear of failure, which lets them relax and talk freely about their problems and shoulder more of the responsibility for their own writing and learning. Um, in minimalist tutoring, we aim to give students the tools to effectively revise their own, own writing in the future. We want to make them better writers, not just have better writing. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you so much. No problem, Katie. Have a good one. Our next caller is James from San Francisco, California. Hey, James, what's on your mind? Hey, Amanda. So I've been a writing tutor for about two months now, and recently I've been having conferences with a lot of multilingual students. I'm applying all the concepts I learned in my tutor training class, but I find myself feeling frustrated at the end of each session because I feel like I'm not doing enough to address their specific needs. I'm feeling a little lost because no one ever taught me what their needs are or how I can help. Can you please explain the main differences between multilingual writers and native English-speaking writers in writing tutoring? Hey, James. Thanks for your question. So the first thing I want to address is that multilingual students usually face a lot higher stakes than native English-speaking students in writing tutoring. Just as multilingual students might have a spoken accent, they also often have written accents, which cause them to make certain mistakes in their writing that native speakers might not make. The unfortunate reality is that many professors penalize these students by taking off points for each mistake in grammar. As a result, multilingual students may need much more assistance with grammar and mechanics and other native English speaking students. And although it's not traditional, um, non-directive approach to correct their grammar mistakes. It's often necessary to help them learn and grow as writers in the new language. Wow, I can't believe they face such intense consequences for their written accents. So it sounds like they need more help with grammar. Is there anything else? So a lot of multilingual students require speech to be brief to follow along what is being communicated. If you're a tutor that likes to ramble a little or bring up lots of ideas at once, you might consider cutting down your suggestions into digestible chunks. If you've ever tried to learn a language, you know firsthand that listening comprehension goes out the door when someone unloads dozens of complex words and sentences on you. In an environment that may already cause students some anxiety, being brief and slow when you feel it's necessary is great to keep in mind. Another specific need of multilingual students is that they often do not have the same cultural, linguistic, or rhetorical background as native English speakers. For example, while you know um, that the thesis statement should be stated early on in the paper, in some countries, the convention for introducing a thesis statement might be to only include it at the very end. We can assume that multilingual students know certain things about American writing or culture, so often we have to teach them, and this is perfectly okay to do. So if a 2D struggles to answer your question, where is your thesis, you might need to explain to them exactly what a thesis is in American writing and how in our culture, our readers expect us to lay out all our points right at the beginning so that they know exactly what to expect, something in that regard. Wow, that makes so much sense. Thank you, Amanda. Anytime, James. Keep up the good work. Our next caller is Paris from Tallahassee, Florida. Hey Paris, how can I help you today? Hi Amanda. 
Um, I've been a tutor for three years, and recently I've been feeling overwhelmed by feelings of guilt after my tutoring sessions. In my training course uh, and experiences as a tutor, the ideas of non-directive tutoring have been really encouraged, um, asking open-ended questions, focusing on high or higher order concerns, etc. I feel that non-directing Non-directive tutoring is really important, but I find myself being directive with my students more than I like, especially with multilingual students and students with disabilities. I feel like if I stay non-directive all the time, I risk confusing these students, and I hate making people confused. Is it okay to change my tutoring approach with these students, or should I remain as non-directive and minimalist as possible to help them maintain autonomy over their writing. First of all, let me just say that you are not alone feeling this way. So many tutors feel this guilt and frustration when they find themselves using directive tutoring techniques. It's so ingrained in us from the start that we are supposed to be facilitative, not directive, and when we deviate from that ideal, it can bring some complex feelings. For those of you in the audience that aren't aware, directive tutoring operates on the assumption that a 2T is come for advice and help, and it's the responsibility of the tutor, who likely has more expertise in the field than the 2T, to address problems and offer remedies. I want to address your concerns with good news. There is growing appreciation in writing center literature for using directive techniques, especially in the tutoring of diverse student groups. Certain non-directive strategies like Socratic questioning can cause real confusion and exasperation in diverse groups of two Ts, and there's nothing wrong with diverging a little from the non-directive approach when necessary to meet the needs of a particular student. It is my opinion that the ideal tutoring session involves a mix of non-directive and directive tutoring based on the needs of the individual student. Instead of saying, you must be directive or you must be um, non-directive in an absolute sense, you should talk about the nuance of the situation. You can do both and be perfectly successful, probably the most successful if you're able to be flexible in your approach. This is all to say, try your hardest not to feel guilty. Directives are often necessary, especially for groups of students like multilingual students who don't know what they know, don't know what they don't know about writing. You might need to be a little bit of a teacher sometimes, and that's perfectly okay. You should own it and not feel guilty when it comes up. Wow, thank you. That is really helpful. No problem, Paris. I hope you have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Our next caller is Sydney from Washington, D.C. Hi, Sydney. What questions do you have for me? Hey, Amanda. So I've been a tutor for six months, and I love it. But I've been having difficulty in the tutoring of multilingual students. I'm a big proponent of asking open-ended questions and minimalist tutoring because I love seeing tutees feel a sense of ownership over their writing and improve not just their writing, but their whole self as a writer. However, I'm finding that when I ask open-ended questions with multilingual students or try to push them to the right answer through questioning, they express confusion and frustration most of the time. Should I stop posing these open-ended qu guiding questions to multilingual students, or is there a better way to phrase them to avoid this confusion? Thanks for your observations and questions, Sydney. What a lot of tutors don't know is that the Socratic method of asking questions can be problematic for multilingual students. Uh, one thing to keep in mind when you ask these questions is, are my questions brief or are they long and complex? 
As I mentioned earlier with James, multilingual students often require brief speech to comprehend meaning. Gotcha, that makes sense. Another thing that is important to know um, as a tutor is that many multilingual students are not used to hearing imperatives in the form of polite questions or suggestions because of their culture's conventions. Uh, multilingual students often come from cultures and educational systems where teachers are expected to be tellers um, and where those who don't tell are seen as poor teachers or where such casual interaction with relative strangers is seen as odd or inappropriate. So when tutors make a point not to tell writers the answers, which is a key aspect of non-directive tutoring, the multilingual 2T may not even recognize that they're being provided with a suggestion, which can cause some confusion or discomfort. Oh wow, I didn't even think about that. What can I do instead? So one way you can address this issue is to rephrase your questions as brief imperatives. Instead of saying why or how, you can say, please explain. This is slightly more directive, but it helps bridge the distance between cultural conventions and also helps them understand what you're trying to say. If you do ask a multilingual 2T a question and they can't answer it, instead of just repeating it over and over again, you might consider teaching them the concept so that they know it for the future. In this way, you could serve as a cultural informant, as I talked about with James earlier. Awesome. Thank you, Amanda. No problem, Sydney. See you next time. Our next caller is Kathy from Portland, Oregon. Hi, Kathy. What can I help you with today? Hi, Amanda. I've been a tutor for about a year now. I know that as tutors, we're supposed to focus more on higher order concerns than lower order or sentence level concerns. But I find when multilingual students come to the writing center, all they want is for me to look at their sentence level concerns, particularly grammar. What do I say to these students? And is it okay for me to address their sentence level concerns and still be facilitative? I'm afraid if I do what they want me to do, that I'll be working as an editor, not a tutor. And I definitely don't want to do that. Thanks for your question, Kathy. So line-by-line -line tutoring is often something that we are pushed away from in tutor training and for good reason. We are not supposed to be editors of student text. We're supposed to make them better writers. Um, however, many scholars agree that line-by-line -line tutoring can be a, an effective way to address the needs of multilingual students. When professors take off points for every grammar mistake, as we discussed earlier in the show, grammar can be an issue that multilingual students feel they need to address in the session. To address these concerns and still address higher-order issues, you can read the essay line-by-line, -line, offering higher and lower-order concerns at the same time. This way, the student will feel like their desires are being met and you can still be facilitative. In addition, when prioritizing sentence level concerns, you should try and focus on the areas that impede meaning. Um, for instance, you might not focus on a missing article if there's a misspelled word in another section that makes the meaning of the entire sentence or paragraph unclear. That makes sense, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. Our next caller is John from Long Island, New York. Hi, John. Hi, Amanda. I've been a tutor in training for a few months now. 
My school has a high multilingual population, so I've been listening to your show to learn more about how I might approach tutoring these students. As I've been listening, I've been wondering, won't making these more directive shifts in our tutoring approach make it so multilingual students don't have the same opportunities to participate in the session? I'm worried that if I don't abide by the non-directive or minimalist approach, that they will just sit there taking my suggestions without coming up with any ideas of their own. What do you say to this? And how can I, as a future tutor, help multilingual students in the best way possible without dominating the session with my own voice? John, thank you for bringing this up. It is such an important part of this conversation. Um, even though many directive strategies are useful in tutoring multilingual students, their participation must still be a top priority. Just because we tell more than we usually do does not mean that we turn into lectures and dominate the session. In fact, student involvement is an essential part of language learning, so you will be doing your two T's a disservice if you become so directive that they do not get a chance to play around with ideas or talk throughout the session. This brings me to a point that I wanted to re-emphasize before we ended the show. We need to be flexible in our tutoring approaches. Implementing more directive strategies with multilingual students does not mean we have to sacrifice student engagement. We can still negotiate, prompt discussion, and ask the 2T for their own ideas. One expert I read suggested that it makes sense to use a non-directive approach for dealing with ideas, structure, and voice to help students figure out for themselves what they are trying to say and how best to say it. But it also makes sense to instruct when necessary, particularly on formal rules of grammar and mechanics. This seems reasonable to me, but at the same time, there is no fixed rule. There will be variation with all students, even within the multilingual student community, and it is impossible to know what will work best with a student until you begin the session and start conversing with them. From there, you can instruct when you feel necessary and provoke thought and discussion when appropriate. Being directive does not mean that we become editors, but rather that we occasionally assume the role of teachers who have to step in and fill in the gaps when a student is missing vital background information. Great, thank you. I like that idea of flexibility. Me too, thank you, John. It's time to log off for the day, but thank you for your thoughtful questions. I hope you all were able to get something out of today's discussion and that we can use some of the ideas talked about today to become the best tutors that we can be. Um, have a great weekend, everyone. We'll talk next week.